Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to a very special episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbonis, uh, and this is episode 95, if you can believe it. Uh, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. Hi there. What can we help you find today? <laughs> Rick, I have no idea what that's from. Oh, well, Bob, that was a greeting that I used to train my staff back when I had my, my comic book store. I would ask them, you know, you, you don't say, can I help you find anything? Because people are just automatically going to say, no, I'm good. But yeah. you start with a question. You say, what can I help you find today? And then they're more likely to maybe give you a response. Oh, wow. I know. All right. Yeah, that's crafty. Well, you know, that's my yeah. background. So, yeah. so, Bob, why am I talking about the comic book shop? Because I feel like I'm back. I feel like I'm back like 15 years ago, baby, when I had the store and uh, in, in Woodstock, Georgia. And I have, um, uh, you know, the pleasure of bringing on three of my favorite people from from that time period um that would be mr john sewell and doug hogan uh these were two of my my best customers and seth tally who was okay he was my favorite employee so uh but all uh, we've all became friends uh through the shop and i am thrilled to have uh john doug and seth on the show welcome guys Thanks. Hello, thank you. Thanks for having us, bud. It's going to be a great time. Absolutely. Wow. This is this is incredible, Rick. Because I know I know how uh, formative a comic shop can be uh, in the experience of somebody, particularly somebody who's really into this sort of thing. So I'm really excited to hear about uh, hear hear about those days. I want to hear a little bit about what you were like back then, and uh, this is this is going to be really interesting. Well, I'm glad you said that because. Um, you know, these guys have have been with us in, in the, the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group since the very beginning. Um, they've been listening to the, the podcast. You know, they're Cap fans themselves. In fact, Seth was was one of the very first people to to leave a, uh, a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and and I I felt I felt like I wanted to kind of go back and uh and revisit this because i thought it was apropos to today's episode right so the title to the review that seth let left about a year ago was the feeling of talking with friends at the comic shop do you remember that seth i do remember that i remember it very fondly actually because i yeah. still believe that and and he wrote rick and bob have a very obvious love for captain america that comes through very genuine the highest compliment I can give them is that it feels like I've gone down to the local comic book shop and I have come into a conversation on cap. It feels wonderful and it's a good listen. Give it a try. And, you know, Seth, you must have you must have convinced a few people because uh, we've had like 50 more reviews after yours. So thank you very much for that. Not a problem at all. It truly but opened the floodgates because now we have dozens of listeners. We do. <laughs> we do. And every day we get point two more. <laughs> oh. That's like me having half an auto wreck. 
Pointing this. adds up. So yeah, so we thought today, uh, in today's episode, we would kind of talk about um, what it was like having the comp shop because I get, I get asked sometimes. You know, it was like, you know, people ask what what kind of comic shop did Rick have? Um, what was it like? Was he always such a big Captain America geek? Um, and so who better than to, to have, uh, you know, uh, these three guys on to, to talk about that. But before we get into that, um, maybe you, the, maybe each one of you could give a, you know, a, a quick uh, highlight of, of who you are and uh, to the listeners and, and, you know, a little bit of, about your background. John, you want to start? My name is John Sewell, like he said, and um, been a comic book fan since second grade. Um, and I like comic books so much that I started writing them. So do that for, you know, part of a living. And I got to know Rick through the shop and I got to know Seth through the shop and I've known Hogan since high school. Um, my earliest exposure to Captain America was the, was it the power records? Is that what those were called? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the uh, the power record comic book set with Cap and Falcon dealing with the Phoenix, who later went on to become Baron Zemo too, and uh, yeah, that that set me on course for the rest of time. I, I fell in love with all those characters, including the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I'll hop in here next. Uh, I'm Seth Talley. I met everyone here except Bob through the comic shop, which tangentially, I believe, I have met you through the shop because Rick, Doug john all of the fun so i'm counting it uh i have been reading comics for pretty much as long as i can remember being able to read and i got to have my first big boy job at rick's comic shop it was a very formative time for me and i have made lifelong friendships from there i also much like john i've written a couple comics myself because uh once you love something so much you kind of want to add something to it right and so I, I try my best to bring some of that love through to other people. And as for why I love Cap, I've always been a big Avengers mark. And so I would read through the old uh, Avengers essentials that Marvel used to put out, the black and white comics. And I would just fall in love with all the old stories. It's where I really became a big fan of Steve Englehart's run of Captain America. But the thing that really got me as a cap reader was actually Ed Brubaker's run. It was around the time I started working at the shop, and it was like just coming out. I think the week I started, uh, issue six of that run came out where it was the two opposing covers of Cap and Bucky. And Rick judged me because I picked the Bucky cover. So (laughs) (laughs) but that's my my little introduction. Awesome. Nice. How about you, Doug? Uh, yeah, my name's Doug Hogan. Uh, thank you for saving the best for last, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> name's Doug Hogan. Uh, I've read comics since I was a little kid. Um, like John, my first exposure to Cap was with the Power Record. Uh, my parents had a big old collection of those. Had some Batman, Superman, had the uh, infamous Spider-Man with the Man-Wolf Ooh, yeah, uh, nice. issue. Uh, so that was my first Cap experience. Um let me see. I've been reading comics since I was a kid. My first exposure was, you know, the Hulk uh, through the TV show. I was all about the Hulk. And then roughly about 1986, 87, I started reading X-Men and other books. And that's when 
my love for comics and the art form just exploded. So uh, from there, uh, let me see, with Captain America, my first real Cap comic that I remember getting was 230 uh, with the Hulk. This shows Hulk's fist right. smashing into the shield. So I forget the title. There's like something about the Hulk reference tire on the title. So I was like, wow, it's got the Hulk in it. I'm going to grab this. So that was my first exposure to Cap in the basic comic. Uh, then from there, I remember my next issue was Annual 8 with Wolverine. And that was in the height of my X-Men love, you know. Nice. So, uh, and how I met these guys, like John said, um, met him in high school. We're actually in a play together, Calamity Jane, musical. Um, and that's where I met John. So, because I'd heard about him from other people. He was in other plays before Calamity Jane. And I was like, oh, that's John Sewell. He's a big time actor. Yeah, he was the lead, man. I was like, that's John Sewell. He's cool. And I'm like, oh my God, John Sewell's talking to me. It's even better. So <laughs> I've known him. I've known him since, what was that, John? 90? No, 89? So I've been trying to get rid of him for years, turns out, ever since then. So I, I would have yeah. paid a lot of money to see John as the lead of Calamity Jane. Yeah. Oh, man. He, he did a great job. Um, yeah. But anyway, met him in high school. And then uh, we met Seth through, I met Seth through the store, sweetheart of a guy, kind of fell in love with him. Oh, so man. that's just, it kind of brought us all three together, actually, just, you know, our love of comics in your store. So thanks. Thanks for introducing me to one of my best friends. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mutual yeah. feeling, bud. Oh. Yeah. That's a fun thing about a comic shop, right? It just pulls people together. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing else like it. I, I, I mean, I guess you can maybe talk about a barber shop or, you know, maybe a, a, you know, a bar or something like that, but nothing really like a comic book store. Cause then, you know, you have a, you know, everybody who's there has a similar passion and they're, yes. you're on the same page metaphorically, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so you, you, you can just really relate to the people. Now you may disagree on, on who's favorite and, you know, uh, who's going to win in a battle between Hulk and Captain America. But um, but but down deep down, you know, you all have the same love. Oh, yeah. Have we not had a sitcom or some TV show centered in a comic shop? I mean, <laughs> hell, Cheers went on for years, right? Centered in a bar. I think it'd be a great show. So I'm, throw I'm throwing that out there for one of you guys to write up that uh, that pilot <laughs> I well, think someone did it at CBS called The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, they, they, they really tried heavy with that. Well, they did a lot of comics, but I was it was it like they know. had episodes in a shop or and yeah, but it was eccentric though. Yeah. All right, if we were the cast of Big the cast. Bang Theory, uh, who who would be Sheldon of the group oh, here? Oh God, I loathe you and this question. <laughs> <laughs> Because I spend very little time of my day thinking of Big Bang Theory, and I'm sure because of that and because of how I can recite numbers and first appearances that people would point to me in this sense. <laughs> and so I loathe all of this. It's a farce, 
and I am judging you for it. So there. I bit my tongue. I could not be said fast enough. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, bud. Yeah. I mean, you're not like him. It's your, your encyclopedic knowledge of comics. That's it. That makes you the Sheldon. There you go. Has nothing to do with your personality. So. Yeah, nothing no. at all, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. So at that point, let's see who's Penny. Rick, back when you had hair, Penny. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take that all day long. I was Speak. the I was the hot the hot one across the across the hall. I, yeah. I, I want to know first impressions. So first time you met Rick. Oh, that's a fun story. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> I need to have uh, first impressions uh, stories here. Well, I was on the cusp of 18. Literally, it was like a week before I turned 18. And I was a disgruntled subway employee. <laughs> and I had come with a few friends to the comic shop. And there was this man about my own height with luscious hair, as he is like to describe it. Uh-huh. And... I I don't remember why it got brought up, but I was asked about how I felt about my current employer. So I look over at the generous Mr. Verbanis at the time, and I said, oh, yeah, my, my current employer says he knows every employee by name. And I was not having it. I looked Rick square in the eyes and said, that mother bleeper doesn't even know my first name, except I didn't bleep it. I was a very confident <laughs> swearer and still am to this day. I'm just trying to respect the family friendly nature and the color of a pale man can get awfully white <laughs> when he is just like dumbfounded by this idiotic child that said this. And so I think after that moment, bought my comics and left. And I'm sure that Rick was like, oh, I'll never see him again. Little did he know, a day later, I would come in and apologize because I realized how insensitive that was and how rude of me it was. And I went up to Rick and said, look, I was just having a bad day. I'm very sorry about all of this. And then Rick handed me a job application. Wow. We ended up going from there. I don't remember any of this oh no it's like <laughs> because you were the kid nervous for swearing in front of an adult sir and here's oh. the thing i this is back in 2005 yep right mm-hmm. uh so at that time i'm 35 years old but all of a sudden i'm the adult right uh and it's so funny uh that you know how people you know looked at me i i still remember to this day that just to quickly change uh, the subject to uh, um, another employee had referred to me as middle-aged <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently um, one, there were two, two employees there at the time. Um, sh- should I say their names? I, they probably aren't listening, right? There's a chance that, uh, one of them is listening, but I highly doubt it. Okay. So it was Chad. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? no, I figured that one out. Quick. Yeah. So Chad referred to me and said something about, well, you know, Rick being middle-aged. Alex was there. <laughs> and and Alex must have, 
either seen my reaction or dreaded my reaction because I looked at him and he immediately went like, <laughs> like just dropped his face. <laughs> he, he was like, and I'm like, middle-aged, what are you talking about? I'm middle. And then we had a conversation about what middle-aged meant and like what, <laughs> What was the def- definition of middle-aged? Uh, I was appalled because I thought I at least I at least had another seven or eight years before I was classified as middle-aged. But again, from the from the eyes of a you know eighteen nineteen year old, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I am now the age you were when we first met. So, and are you are you middle-aged, age. Seth? Uh, no, I do not think so. Yeah, but it will probably be accused upon me. <laughs> So here's what I remember uh, about you, Seth, is I remember you came up to the register and I think I was trying to ring up something and I, I, I don't know, I think I pointed out to you oh. and I say, oh, by the way, this is a second print. And it I, was OMAC Project. OMAC Project by DC. Nice. Mm-hmm. So Encyclopedic I, knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, Children. I always wanted to make sure that people knew they were getting a second print or a third print. Like I didn't want them to feel gypped later, you know? So I was like, Oh, by the way, this is second print. And you said, Oh, I know. I looked at the barcode and I saw the two and I went, huh, this guy's pretty sharp. And, and then I think shortly thereafter, I suggested you maybe fill out an application, but it might not have been the same day, but that's it was the I following remember. day because that was the same with the, the second print conversation was the same mother bleeper conversation. So, <laughs> okay. Wow. I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday. You guys are remembering these details. John, what about you? When was the first time you met Rick? If you recall, and do you recall what your impression was? Oh, and feel free to do an impression. <laughs> <laughs> We look alike enough as it is. I just look like somebody pumped him full up of air. So, yeah, I was I was on the hunt for some comic. Don't ask me what. Unlike Seth, I can't remember exact issues, you know, dates, but walked into the shop. And um, of all things, one of the first things I noticed was, man, this place is clean because there's a lot of comic shops in Georgia that's like, mm. yeah. So then Rick just is like so cool and professional and is like, hey, I like this place. And it wasn't much longer before I was just like, sign me up. I want to I wanna get my books here because it doesn't, you know, feel like a rat hole. Uh, so, that high praise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. was just a... I was just above rat hole. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Now I'll also say this, Rick was um, great about just like what he said about just when people would come in, what can I help you find today? Um, Rick gave me, and I mean that literally, he gave it to me. He didn't charge me for it. I know. Shocker. Um, the first <laughs> trade like of The Walking Dead while it was, you know, fresh, hot and everything. And it was like, yeah, you might like it. Give it a shot. And I mean, it's that kind of like interaction and how he treated his customers that really 
brought me and so many other people back. Nice. Little did he know that it, it, I was a, just a, a crack dealer. I was yeah. the first one's free. Yeah. Taste it. Taste <laughs> it. Oh, especially with that book. Didn't you end up putting a money back guarantee on it? I, I did. Correctly. I did. And that was oh, the wow. only book in the shop that had that. Yep. Because there were so many people who were like, well, it, it doesn't have superheroes. I'm not interested. It's black and white. I'm not interested. It's horror. I'm not interested. Read it. Here, read it. It's $9.99. Don't, you know, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. Uh, but, wow. but apparently with John, I, I gave it to him. I, I, it must have been a day of weakness. I don't know. What, <laughs> uh, he had a fever that day. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, first impression, first time you met Rick? Yeah, um, well, I was talking to John one day, and I was going to a store that was way far away from my house um, in Georgia. And I was talking to John, and he's like, well, I found this new store. It's about half the distance. Uh, great guy runs it. You know, very nice store. Check it out. So one day after work, I just you know, cruise on in there. And the first thing I noticed, you know, is, again, Georgia comic book stores, they're not the cleanest things. Rick's store was the first store I've ever been in that didn't smell like feet to me. <laughs> and it was just, it was very clean, very organized. Rick was knowledgeable. He was friendly. And we just, he just kind of chatted me up. I mean, I, I went in there, I was just going to check the store out. And next thing I know, I go out with a, a subscription pull sheet, or, you know, membership. I've got some stuff started. And I was hardy membership with another store. So I had to call that store and cancel. And little did I know that Rick was friends with the guy who owned the other store. So I, I remember this. This was Paul's store, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great escape. Yeah. The rattle. And just, yeah. And, no, no, it wasn't it, a rattle. No, it, it was, was nice not a But say, Paul, I don't think Rick could ever call the place a rat hole because if you were like making a Xerox and then stretching it a little bit, you can kind of see Rick's store to this day. It's, yeah. Paul, Paul has a, has a good store. It's just very totally does. Great store. close to it, everything's kind of close together in there. So it's a little bit confined, but mm. good store, good guy. And I, I felt, I mean, that's, I don't feel bad about many things in life, but that's one thing I kind of feel bad about because I called him and I say, hey, Paul, uh, I'm quitting comics. <laughs> that was my excuse. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just getting out of comics. I'm just not happy. So, uh, thanks. It's not, it's not you. It's me. It's, it's not you. Yeah. It's the industry. <laughs> But um, no, just but from there, you know, Rick's story was always very comfortable. Um, and I walked in there and I bet from the second or third time I ever went to Rick's store, I never stayed no less, no less than an hour, just mainly talking and shopping. I could never so. get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that line from Officer and Gentleman? I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> name of your store uh it was comic books etc yes. uh and and I, and the reason was um was because so i had it was my second store i had a store uh when i was at university of alabama i i i merged with this sports card store and i had a, a little convention business it was called um hero headquarters and so um that's what i wanted to to do uh you know but then, um, you know, I graduate college. I, I got to go. I moved to Atlanta and I couldn't get a loan. Nobody wanted to, to just give money to, uh, you know, a, a, a 20, 
21 year old. I don't know how old I was at the time. Um, didn't want to give anybody like maybe 22. Didn't want to give a 22 year old with no collateral money to start a comic book store. I don't know why. That's but weird. It, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So that what that dream went away. And then I um, basically, you know, got into sales and then I got into marketing. And I guess I always wanted to do it. And somebody had said, well, why don't you just open up an on uh, an online comic book store? And I was like, why not? So uh, I did. I, I and I got I tried to get one of the best URLs that I could get. And it was comicbooksetc.com because I was selling you know, action figures, posters, t-shirts, anything that was comic book related as well. And we had over a hundred thousand SKUs, different products on the site. I mean, it was, it was a, a real legit store and started doing that while I was working at uh, uh, an advertising agency. And then it really took off. And to the point where it was like, I was burning the candle at both ends and I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing both. And so I talked with my wife at the time and it was like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do, uh, do the, the online business. And I did. And then that grew to a point where um, I needed help. And so I got an intern and I got a second intern. And then it was like, this is ridiculous. Why don't I open up a comic book store, run my e-commerce business from the comic book store? And that's what I did. And so I opened up the comic book store in 2004, and then that became too much trying to do both an online and a retail store at the same time. So I sold the online business to an online competitor in 2006, I want to say. It's, that sounds right, because that was around the time we stopped doing the boomer subscriptions. Mm-hmm. I want to say like late 06, early 07, somewhere in there. Yeah, and that, and that made everybody's life easier. You know, my life, uh, all the employees life, they didn't have to worry about, you know, pulling orders and boxing them up and shipping them out and, and all that stuff. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of paints a time, right? I mean, like we think about back when the store opened, like Seth had pointed out, this was at the end of captain. This is for our captain America fans, you know, listening right now. Right. That was the end of volume four and the beginning of the Ed Brewaker run. And so I had the store for the first three years of Ed Brewaker's run. So if that paints a picture for how, you know, what was going on at that time. And then for the Captain America MCU fans out there that are listening, um, MCU was just getting started when I, when I finally sold the store. Like Iron Man came out, uh, Incredible Hulk came out, and that was it. And, and you're, you might be going, Incredible Hulk? Yeah, the one with Ed Norton, right? That's, that's how long ago... Uh, I, you know, I had the store. Then I, I sold the store in 2009 and uh, to a local competitor who already had three stores. And this was like their fourth store. And it was a, I got to tell you, man, it was one of the saddest days I ever had. When it I, was a rough one. So, all right, now it's time. I got to tell a story. So uh, in 2008, I, my, wife at the time and i had two two small kids right i had you know they were like at that time i think when i say six and and like one okay um she long story short we wanted to relocate back to her hometown in 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 new jersey 
And so I had agreed to do it, didn't want to do it, but it was the right thing to do, family thing to do. And so I moved her and the kids back to New Jersey. And then I stayed in Atlanta. I had to sell the house, sell the business. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And I couldn't tell people because I didn't want it to get out that the store was for sale. Because once you do that, once the competitors know that, then they jump on that. And then once your, you know, your customers know, they leave, your employees might start looking other places. So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody. And every day I had to pretend like everything was fine, where my wife, my kids were you know, a thousand miles away. I'm living, I eventually sell the house and I'm living in a friend's, I'm renting a bedroom, like just the bedroom in his condo. And, uh, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody. And it was, it was so hard. And then I would leave like every few weeks, I would take a long weekend. I would fly to New Jersey and I would just be like, yep, guys, I'm going to be gone for a few days. And it was the hardest thing I ever had to to, to do, you know, being away from my family and then being alone in, New, in, in Atlanta. And, and at, at some point I told John, at some point I was like, John, let's go out for lunch. And, and I, 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 I had to tell somebody. Um, and so John was there for me, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, you know, I, I kind of, unleashed everything that was going on at that time. And I don't, I don't remember John, what your reaction was or whatever. I just remember you being a good friend, but I, I don't remember how you took that. Oh, I was, I was shocked. I mean, I'd been over to your house hanging out with you and your family, you know, and played cards and poker night. And so hearing all that just come and had no idea because man, you did a, a hell of a job keeping that to yourself because none of us knew. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, it was, it was a punch to the gut for me. So I can only imagine what it was like for you all that time. Yeah, it, it was, it was so, it was rough. And, uh, and so then I don't know how much longer, some point in, I sold the store in September of 2009 and then I worked out a deal where I was going to stay on for like a month and a half to kind of manage the store, kind of manage the transition because the new owner was really worried about once I was gone that, you know, customers were just going to leave. And he, he said, you know, there's going to be a certain percentage of attrition, a certain percentage of loss of business. Um, and, but, you know, I, I, I made sure that he was keeping my staff, you know, still keeping, you know, the same employees because I didn't want them to lose their jobs. And that was part of the deal. And then um, I remember when the deal was done, John, Doug, Seth, and one of the other uh, employees at the time, uh, Eddie, I was like, guys, let's, let's, let's go out for, let's go out for pizza. And we, we go over and get some pizza and some beer. And I, and I told everybody like what, just happened and uh i probably cried i don't remember but uh you were it, stoic about it you didn't cry yeah not not in front of you guys. not in front of us no <laughs> uh 
but I, uh, and, and John sat there pretending like he didn't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I don't know, uh, Seth, Doug, what, uh, what your reaction was uh, during, during that, that pizza, that sharing of pizza. It was, it was heavy. I mean, you know, it was just, it was the most serious I've seen you be in a long time. So it was just, I was, I was shocked. It was a gut punch because the shop had meant a whole lot to me. Yes. I had left working there full time in 07, like near the end of 07. And I still came in and I helped out for a long time on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And I want to say I would come Saturdays as well when I could. And like you selling that place, that was, it was a hard pill to swallow. Now, I don't know if you remember this shortly before that, I knew you were looking to sell because you had actually offered it to me, but the price was like, if I had the money, I would have paid it. Yeah, it wasn't it was, a lot. It wasn't that much. It was it was like thousand dollars, which in all honesty, product name, and if I was there, I knew that attrition would be very low because I had a good reputation with a lot of the customers there. I loved that place. But dollars at that time for 20-year-old Seth was just as close as about five million dollars is today. <laughs> like it yeah. just there was no way that was happening. But I just – I still – I do remember one thing that I thought was the silver lining that made me laugh to make me have this moment of like, okay, Rick did get one over on him, all right. So for those of you that don't know, the shop had a great little wall selection. As you walked into the shop, you would look up. It was probably 10 feet above the ground, and from there to the top of the ceiling, you would see just – wall comics they were vanity comics for the most part it was first appearances key issues all sorts of fun things and they were listed out and when it came to the day that rick was turning over the keys more or less he had asked if i could come by i think if john could come by and if doug could come by and i want to say eddie could come by because he needed help packing up what he wanted and i thought for a moment okay What's this? And it also coincides with the time of a flood in Woodstock, the only time the place is ever flooded that I can recall. So we get there, and Rick's like digging through back issues. The wall looks like a polka dotted place, like half the books are gone. <laughs> and Rick's got like a long box next to him, transferring books from the back issue bins, from the wall books into long boxes. And he's already gone through the trades and they're in long boxes. He goes, I told them I would leave a thousand trades and at least 300 long boxes. There are 325 long boxes. I'm making sure I get the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't sell it. He wasn't anywhere close to that, my friend. <laughs> nowhere close. Because uh, at that point, I had this, the 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 uh, the shop uh, up for sale for like, oh gosh. When I finally sold it, maybe like 15, 16 months. Um, and that was a long time to be away from my my family. And mm -hmm. so I I got I got pretty desperate. 
So it, uh, they got themselves a hell of a deal. So, uh, yeah, I, I did, I did totally cherry pick at the end because <laughs> they didn't care. Don't blame yeah. you one bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that final night conversation, you were talking about that, that felt like a real life final episode of cheers mm. or, you know, goodbye, farewell and amen or something like that. Cause it's like, man, this is, it's, it's, it's all ending. And I got to say, for me, at least, I know Seth's got himself a decent shot, but for me, it's never been the same since. Mm. You know, that, that, was, that was my home away from home for so long. Yeah. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, that, yeah. The, the night of the dinner, too. I had a, 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 a twinge of shock go through my body because I'm sitting there thinking, dang, I got to call Paul now. I'm back in the business, man. <laughs> what, what is this X Men I hear about some of this Deadpool fella? This Deadpool guy. Yeah. Well, I think I'll start with um, 24 titles. <laughs> these, these 24 look very interesting. I've never read exactly. these for the past year and a half or so. Don't worry about that. <laughs> So, hey, uh, so you all were fans of Captain America. Were there any times where you, you all got together or talked about Cap or do you recall anything, any discussions about, you know, Cap or anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was yeah, it an yeah. unspoken <laughs> love? Let, let, me, let me tag in on that one because uh, I was wanting to tell this story anyway. Um, so the only time that I think I really, really ticked Rick off. I mean, he was ready to punch my lights out. Was the the issue cap 25, the death of Steve Rogers. And he uh I come into the shop the week after. He's like, you read it? I'm like, of course I read it. He's like, what do you think? And uh I made the mistake of saying exactly what I thought of that issue and how Steve went out. Because to my mind, and spoilers, if you haven't read it, whatever, 12, 15 years ago, but, you know, Steve is like handcuffed and tackling some guy to the ground, taking the bullet for him. But I'm thinking, this is Captain America. He could have drop kicked the guy out of the way and still avoided the bullet or whatever. So I was like, I just have a hard time believing that Cap went out like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick almost came across the counter. <laughs> he was going to clock me. I was like, dude. <laughs> well, probably because you used the term little bitch. <laughs> it's a family store, John. Yeah. Well, like Seth said, we are rather vulgar. We're trying to clean it up here. Exactly. We're trying to be nice on the program. Uh, I, I remember right after that, there was a, t a long time that Rick would, I don't want to say sulk, but it was sulking uh, <laughs> about Captain America. Because like a month afterward, he was like, man, I finally get why the Thor fans were just so like dejected when Thor died in Ragnarok and like they got really excited for the Fantastic Four issue because like I got I got nothing to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, retrospectively, I think that was around the time everything was happening. So it was a bad time anyways. And then they took Cap from you. <laughs> oh, I, I do remember thinking to myself, <sighs> I went through Cap Wolf. I went through, <laughs> I, went, I went through Armored Cap. I went through Heroes Reborn Cap. You know, I went through like, uh, you know, this will this will change too. Like, I just have to be patient, you know, and uh, and and that that was kind of like the attitude I had. Um, but you know, to Brew Baker's uh, huge credit, I mean, he made that series so entertaining without the lead character. Oh right? yeah, you know, yeah. with. with with you know Bucky and Natasha and Sam and the villains and you know so uh, it was it was brilliant writing that kind of sucked you in and so I I got over my sulking eventually yes yeah until the <laughs> Eagles lost a game oh. Oh, we're gonna oh. go there are we oh Rick do you want to know that I never was really a sports fan but I watch Sports Center to make sure of the <laughs> Eagles' progress to see how my week was going to be during football season. Because it was a pretty accurate correlation throughout those results. It's like, Eagles lose, Cap dies. That week shot. <laughs> Seth calls it sick that week. <laughs> oh, that would really send me away. That, that, would have, that, that would have been worse. Like at that point, I'm coming in like missing a leg. Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Fly, Eagles, fly. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, that was so uh, so true. I, you're not the only employee who told me that that they would check the score before coming into work. <laughs> Employees, heck, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of uh, employees, uh, John, did, dare we bring up Bethany? Absolutely. Now, now you set the stage. Okay, so uh, Bethany was my wife at the time. And um, it, she was looking for a job. So Rick, you know, brought her in. And um, well, I guess, do you want to talk about the thermostat or do you want me to? <laughs> uh, no, listen, we love Bethany. Bethany's great. We do. Yeah. Bethany's yeah. awesome. She's my editor. Uh, yeah. I, I've, and, and, you know, she's, um, yeah, no, she was really good at the store. I, I know that, you know, she was the only, I think the only female employee I had, right? The at ones that... that you employed, yes. The people that took over ended up employing my wife, Heather, for a little bit. Oh, that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, I take that back. I did have a female, another female employee for a little bit. I, uh, oh, that's right. Oh, what was her name? I don't remember. She Wasn't she the like, one that took naps in the back? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's exactly the one. Yeah. So um I I have a security system in, in the a camera system in, in the in the store. And I had one camera in the back room and a couple cameras out front. And uh um it did help uh, I think deter, you know, maybe some some uh shoplifting. Um certainly it helped me catch a few shoplifters. And um and one day 
I I don't know what prompted me. I just felt like I needed to check something on the cameras. And I went back and I looked. And sure enough, this young lady who I had met through my church, right? She she was the one who uh, did the babysitting of the kids during the masses, right? Um, and so firing. Uh, one day she she I just see her like the store. She didn't open the door. She didn't unlock the door. She just went and laid down on the floor <laughs> in the back room and took a nap. And then an hour after the store is supposed to open, she lets she opens up the door. One of her friends comes in and her friend comes, gets behind the counter, sits at the chair, puts her feet up on the counter, starts reading stuff. Um, yeah, that was uh, that didn't last very long. Wow. So you're saying she never got the privilege of the chair. <laughs> the privilege of the chair. Seth, what was that? Oh, well, Bob, were you an employee of uh, Rick at the time? <laughs> and you made a particularly <clears throat> egregious error. You would come in at the beginning of your next shift. And the way that the office was set up is like you walk in the front door and you can directly see the office door and everything. And typically it's closed. You don't worry about it because Rick owned the place. He wasn't going to open it up except on Wednesdays. <laughs> so if you were to come in on one of your days and the door was open, I'd say, well, that's odd. And there would be this metal chair sitting there. And it was just an ominous feeling in the back of your head. Like, Oh no, I've screwed up. What did I do wrong? What did I do? And don't worry, Bob, you would find out exactly what you did wrong (laughs) and in detail to make you feel properly scolded. In a great Frank Miller daredevil Catholic guilt scold. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, in all fun, because once again, a lot of this is exaggerated because I was a kid. I had just turned 18. This middle aged man had employed me oh, <laughs> at a comic nice. shop that nice. I was like, I was thrilled to death to work at. And at one point in time, even like he had these, these, sheets we had to fill out like every 15 minutes you need to put down what you were doing and th- this was a job i was using to pay rent when i was 18 i moved out of the house loved my parents i just needed my own time but like it was what were you doing this 15 minutes i'm like oh god <laughs> <laughs> no one's come in for 15 minutes what do i put on the sheet he's got cameras tags <laughs> and boards tags and boards and so that would like fill up a good hour or two and thank God he never questioned why there was only like 50 bags and boards after a day with like an hour and a half of me doing it. Uh, the chair was the closest thing to corporal punishment we had. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the sheets, all right. So the time sheets were actually an idea I got from other comic shop uh, owners. I was part of this, um, message boards and with other comic shops and, and people would, you know, give tips and like what works at their store works. So if somebody said, well, you should have, uh, a list of opening duties with a checklist and then list of closing duties, checklist, and then a list of like, you know, what, what, you know, what were you, you know, what did you do today? what did you accomplish today? And like different things you could check off and like, you know, write down. So I was like, okay, you know, I had, I had just come from working at a, an advertising agency where we build 
you know, by the quarter out. Right. So we, we had to always keep track of, of our, our work, you know, quarterly uh, for billing purposes. So it didn't, didn't phase me. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what people do. Right. When they, when they're at a, we're at a job. Um, but looking back, you know, in retrospect, perhaps maybe it was a little much for a um, uh, minimum wage paying job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff, Rick. I remember when they talked about raising the minimum wage, I like looked at Rick one day. I'm like, am I still going to be able to work here? <laughs> <laughs> and Rick's like, it's called the minimum wage. I'll at least pay that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a slogan right there. <laughs> That's a shirt. Yeah. Uh, the but you guys got a good discount, right? Oh, you yeah. Got a good employee discount. Not only oh, was dude. it a good employee discount, he was like the best crack dealer ever because he was like, guys, don't worry if you don't have money. I'll deduct it from your paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> And me, I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> There's some thin m- weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He's like, Dude, why I'll can't love, we pay rent? <laughs> I loved your back issue credit you gave out, too, mm. as, a, as a customer there. That was sweet. That's a, the Boomer Credit, though. I don't remember the acronym's name. Oh, it was Boom, B-O-O-M. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Bob, you, you're the master of sound effects, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on this show, so right, boom right. is a you know typical comic sound effect, and that was back when I had my online store, and so boom stood for best online ordering membership. Wow, nice! That, and really, if, that and, really sings. And if you were, <laughs> and if you had signed up to be a subscriber, you were known as a boomer. Mm. <laughs> And Seth, I haven't thought of that in probably 15 years. There you go. <laughs> I, wow. I remember all the back issue credits uh, are, that were kept on back, or, uh, backing boards. There was no computer system except for the online subscription. The backing boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those. Rick's shop was um, like I have in place for comic book talent. Your convention yes experience i guess gave you a lot of connections or at least a, a lot of chutzpah to just reach out to people because i mean you had people on a routine basis mm-hmm. that were some pretty big names well when when ethan van skyver came to the shop that was huge yeah. and listeners at the time that was like during his green lantern run with jeff johns blackest night blackest night was a big thing at the time Flash Reborn. Flash Rebirth. Flash yeah. Rebirth. Oh, my God. Which, side note for Blackest Night, do y'all remember when I think Rick was out of town? Yes. And it was, was it Blackest Night 1 or Blackest Night 7? It was Blackest Night 7. Okay, mm-hmm. Rick was out of town, and, like, the books were there. They weren't on sale till tomorrow. We all were in for Blackest Night. And it was just a quick text of, like, y'all want to go down to the shop and read this before tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm saying fighting bachelor life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. A lot of people have vices of alcohol and and, uh, nudie bars. Us, it's like we got comics a day early. This was amazing, (laughs) dude. I I felt like I I would never felt so alive 
I thought it was, it was a great day to be me, man. I tell you, that was a great day. But yeah, Ethan Van Skyver was huge. Yeah, he yeah. was he, he was number one on Wizards top ten artists uh, for a couple months when we had him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good good people I, I was able to get in. I think we we probably did a book signing like try to do like quarterly, you yeah. know. So we probably did like four a year. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the, my shtick, Bob. That was that was kind of like I wanted to be known as like the event store. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we had some really good ones. We had um, Mark Brooks. Yeah, so Mark Brooks was George's Gianti. Yeah, Mark Brooks right. was the artist for Marvel Age Spider-Man series, which was the All Ages Spider-Man series. Mm. And when Spider-Man came out. I want to say 2004, 2005, you know, it was at Tobey Maguire, right? Um, we had for free comic book day, it came out the same weekend. That movie came out the same weekend. And um, I got, I did a, a, a like a, a deal with the, um, the local movie theater where anybody who got a Spider-Man movie ticket, I, they would get a free issue of Marvel age Spider-Man. And with it, uh, a flyer saying bring this into the store this weekend to get the artist to sign it and uh and that was like a coup to get like mark brooks there for for that um so that was really cool too yeah wow yeah and i'll also plug one of your guys previous episodes you interviewed georges genty and he actually remembered being at your store mm-hmm. and meeting bethany and having her model, she ended up being the model for Faith on the cover of Buffy 8, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. I was just going to say, all right there in the middle of the shop, he had her climbing up on the table and crouching down like she's on a rooftop. Yeah, that's right. I remember, yeah, he did talk about that in the episode. So uh, that was in episode, way back in episode 17, if anybody wants to go and listen to that George's wow. Genty interview. That was a fun um, one. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. I do remember the Silver Surfer we had on top of that. Is anybody going to miss the Silver Surfer? Yes. Say, that has to be mentioned because, the, once again, that was Rick's uh, Pied Piper mentality of like getting one of the guys that was part manager at the theater near the top of the hill. He's like, well, we can't sell it. Rick's like, I'll give you $300 store credit. And the kid's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best investment I made ever because you'd walk into the store. It was so cool, Bob. And there, and it was the life size version of Silver Surfer on his board. And I had it fastened over the the middle section of the store, which was uh, a back issue bin. And so you come in and there's this life size Silver Surfer coming at you. And there were, there were three kinds of people that came into the store. They'd come in, they come in and open up the door and like, whoa, where I get it just hit you like, whoa, there's a silver surfer right there. That's really cool. And then there would be um, the people that would kind of go into the store. They go to the left, go to the new comic wall, peruse the new comic wall. They'd come out. They turn around, they come around the other side, they come up to the register and then they would kind of like all of a sudden, like just as I'm ringing them up, they'd look around and be like, whoa, there's a silver surfer right there. Like, <laughs> like they somehow missed it before because they're just so programmed to go to the new comic wall. And then the last one would be somebody who would come into the store and then like five months later go, 
whoa, when did you get the Silver Surfer? <laughs> I was like, I, I've had her five months. You, you come in here all the time. No. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, that blew my mind. Well, I mean, in my defense, I hadn't worn my glasses so much. (laughs) Isn't there a picture of you up there on top, like right by him? In the pose. Oh, yes. Oh, I have to see that picture. Oh, with my full set of hair? Oh, it was something. Oh, yes. I'm sight to behold. I have to see that. That has to find its Rick, way. you've got a copy of that somewhere, don't you? I might somewhere. I don't know how quickly I can find it, but uh, uh, yeah, maybe I'll I'll post it on the Facebook page. Oh yeah. I think you got it if you got it. Yeah. In the picture, you're like, which one is the statue? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, up, I'm up on the back issue board and I have the same same pose. I say, yeah, you method on that. You like got like very stern in the face. And, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I'll tell you what was awesome is, is having you guys on here. Oh, this yeah. has been a lot of fun uh, talking about the, the, the shop uh, and, and talking about, you know, having just, a, you know, the friendship that comes along with, with, a, with the comic book store. So this has been a, a true treat for me. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And for me, it's been a treat because, you know, Rick's my co-host, my mentor, my my dear leader, whatever you want to call him, you know, for the last year and a half while we're doing this show. Uh, and it's just great to, to, to I've met John already, but it's great to meet you, uh, Seth and Doug as well. And I uh, uh, feel like I, I know you. I know you already. I know Rick better. And this is just uh, just a beautiful relationship I see here. So to Bob, just. Just keep in mind, you never want to see the folding chair. Right? <laughs> if I, if I no, come, if like no. one of these weeks I come and I look and there's a folding chair behind you, uh, we're doing it, I'm like, oh, no. Just turn around, man. Turn around. Walk it's away. Just, it's, you close the Zoom meeting. You walk off. Try again next week. <laughs> just, just yell, go Eagles, and you're good. <laughs> to keep up with the Eagle scores, that will help you a lot, Bob. I All promise right, good. you. I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys, uh, We this has been a lot of fun. we got to have you, the three of you on again another time. Uh, we'd love to have you back, you know, maybe in a few months and, uh, and maybe, maybe you could talk about the, um, uh, John, I know you want to talk about the the Superman versus Ali, uh, comic, uh, and, uh, Seth, you probably want to talk about the bitchin'. Uh, there's the bitchin there's the whole punch collection i'd love to talk about yes the whole punch collection and we need to have a conversation about that statue of mary jane and a superman statue that was looking at her i'm pretty sure (laughs) yeah Uh, this has been great thanks for having us yes very much so so it's been a ball all right well for john sewell doug hogan seth talley and Bob Lucius, I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. 